Chapter forty three of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Order Number Eleven by Carolyn Abbott Stanley. Chapter forty three. The Scent of a Honeysuckle. When Dr. Cheever's regiment was ordered away, as it was soon after this, they all had a sense of loss. Poverty Hollow seemed gloomier than ever without his visits. Virginia had to fall back upon Dr. Mayo for companionship, and really just at this time it was more in keeping with her feelings to be with him than with a younger man. He was her father's friend, and he was such a good friend. He had even found Colonel Trevelyan work to do when he was able to do it. He was a cultivated man of education and refinement, and was old enough for her to feel perfectly free from restraint in his presence. It rested her to talk with him, she used to say. He was so intelligent and so sensible. It was certainly a fortunate thing for her that he could stop by for her on his way home every Friday. It did not occur to Virginia to wonder at a periodicity in his patient that required a doctor's attention once a week or to inquire whether he gave quinine for it. The truth was, she had never looked upon him in any other light than that of a valued family friend. Her intercourse with him was a tonic to her, and Virginia needed a tonic. She learned to look forward to those rides, and was almost her old self as she chatted at his side or talked seriously to him of life's deeper things. It gave him a marvelous opportunity to see her at her best and dr mayo was a widower one friday in the spring when the trees were putting on their first green and the maples were still in old rows colonel trevelyan came out for her they were halfway home before she knew what had really brought him my daughter he said after a pause in the conversation i want to talk with you about a matter that is very near to my heart will you hear me patiently until i'm through she looked at him wonderingly why certainly father anything that is near your heart is near mine too it is not about myself virginia it is about you about me what is it virginia dr mayo is a very dear friend of mine i knew him when i was in the legislature knew him well he is a man of sterling worth i know it father and he has been so good to me this winter he is the dearest man i'm very glad to know you feel so it makes it easy to say what is on my heart virginia dr mayo has asked my permission to address you father the cry came from her as if she had been wounded her first feeling was one of bitter loss the next a strange repulsion yes he would not speak to you until he knew he had my consent it is a custom i like it guards a woman from unwelcome suitors virginia did not answer she was thinking with poignant remembrance of a certain youthful love whose exuberance did not wait for stately conventionalities or go-betweens virginia in years past i had hoped he spoke hesitatingly he knew he was on thin ice in fact dr lay and i had spoken together about it will never be father ah uh, i thought perhaps you might feel so I am not sure, but you are right, and yet Gordon was a manly boy, 
i can hardly think we won't talk about it father please i don't want to go away from you and mother why should i you are not tired of me are you he drew her to him my dear child they did not talk for a few moments then he said it is because of my love for you virginia that i want to see you in some good man's home it has been much on my heart during my months of illness i felt that i could not die and leave you unprovided for father i am happy teaching he shook his head it is not the natural way my child god never intended woman for the breadwinner her whole constitution and the bent of her affections proclaim that she was made for the home you did nobly in taking up the burden that your father had to lay down but it is not the right way it is not nature's way a woman should have a man's strong arm to lean on i would not try to force your affections my child but i should be glad to see you provided for these last few months have made me feel the uncertainties of life so and dr may was a good man as mistress of his home father don't talk to me any more about it now i want to stay with you and mother well well i only wanted to prepare you for it and tell you how i felt i should hate to see you spend your life in the schoolroom my child and dr mayo is a fine man the seed dropped that day was left to germinate the doctor had the wisdom to keep away from poverty hollow for a while when he did speak to her about it he was very gentle she should have all the time she wanted to decide he said and virginia stipulated that for two months it should not be referred to between them miss nanny was the doctor's open ally i'm never gonna marry anybody said virginia to her one day as they sat together i'm going to be a dear sweet old maid like you aunt nan and live with beverly and be another mother to his children as you have been to us virginia said miss nanny seriously i want a better fate for you than an old maid's life not that i haven't been content child for i have but a solitary life is always more or less a lonely one aunt nan have you been lonely hardly lonely but virginia i will say to you what i have never said to any living soul before and wouldn't today under any other circumstances a woman is always lonely in a way who does not feel herself the supreme object of somebody's affection she may not acknowledge it but that does not change the fact i have been blessed beyond most solitary women i have never been made to feel my dependence i have never felt that i was alone but in whose affections am i first aunt nan you know how we all love you cried virginia reproachfully i do know i'm not complaining but virginia it never quite satisfies a woman's heart to be second don't forget that and if she has not husband and children she must be they sat in silence a moment and then miss nanny said impulsively verge i'm old enough now to say what i please that's one nice thing about getting old and about the only one i know of and i'm going to do it there is in every woman's heart that which cries out for the close intimate companionship of some other soul they may say it isn't so but it is and that isn't all deep down in every true woman's 
heart is a longing for the touch of little hands nothing else satisfies the mother instinct within her you hear people talk sometimes as if they thought this was immodest immodest it is the holiest feeling of a woman's nature but if an unmarried woman dares to express it she is called a lovesick old maid so they simply stifle the feeling and try to live it down i know aunt nan said virginia wonderingly i never knew you felt that way no of course not i don't go around proclaiming my deepest feelings from the housetops i only say it to you now because i don't want you to get the notion in your head of being an old maid i know they are useful i certainly am not decrying old maids but honey i don't want you to be one i want you to have the fullest possible life and that will not be in beverly's home but in your own there is something in being the mistress of your own establishment it gives you a place in the world and nothing else does oh yes i know that is a secondary thing but it is something virginia did not seem specially responsive and miss nanny looked at her keenly virginia there is one thing i want to ask you don't do it aunt nan i wouldn't answer you honey you are sure it never will be never then think seriously of this other you like dr mayo that feeling may grow into something deeper and stronger and i will give you another piece of old maid's wisdom girls sometimes let good opportunities for marriage go by expecting some prince charming to appear till it is too late too late yes too late you girls never seem to understand that there is a seed time in love as in other things and that time is in the spring as the weeks went by virginia pondered deeply over the question she was to answer she liked dr mayo he was never tiresome to her and that was a good deal of course he was much older old enough in fact to be her father but he was genial and companionable and he was not exacting he was willing to give much and take little so little indeed that she felt almost ashamed to think what a one-sided thing it would be from the depths of her heart she respected him would that in time grow into a calm semblance of love and if it did would she be satisfied and would he she sat down one day in her mother's lap and put her head on the shoulder that had sustained her in her childish trials mumsey you are the only one that isn't trying to get rid of me what would you do mrs trevelyan held her close follow your own heart my child you may be sure that will never take you wrong virginia had a letter one day from sally who was still in kentucky telling him about gordon's being stationed near them and seeing so much of him at the close of the letter she wrote verge what did you do to gordon he won't tell me but i know you did something he's been very attentive to mary matterson who is quite a belle everybody thinks they're engaged but i'm sure i don't know virginia put on her prettiest dress that evening when dr mayo came he never saw her brighter or more beautiful there was a differential gentleness in his manner to her that touched her heart tonight as it had never done before under all that gaiety that heart was a little sore a wound cannot be jarred too rudely 
when the bandage is just taken off the very night before her probation ended virginia and miss nanny were out walking high street was abloom with roses and syringas and all the rest they were not talking much miss nanny had said weeks ago all she had to say but the time for the verdict was at hand and virginia was summing up the arguments it was such a comfort to be with aunt nan and not have to talk they passed an old-fashioned double brick house with sharp dormers in front over the porch was a sweet-scented honeysuckle the air was heavy with its perfume there is something about an odor more than anything in the world that brings back old memories for one brief instant virginia closed her eyes the lights were gleaming from open casements the music of familiar voices reached her ear and the soft tread of shuffling feet the promenaders paced back and forth and under the honeysuckle a tall man held a girl's beating heart to his she drew a quivering breath i can't do it aunt nan she said End of chapter 43 Recording by John Brandon